What's happening, guys? Welcome back to another Offside Report. Match week 34 is done and dusted. We're officially at the final turn of the season, and there's some massive stories coming out of the weekend as well. Burnley have overtaken Everton. Uh, you can see the excitement on Mitch's face there. Arsenal have overtaken Tottenham in the top four, and you can see the disappointment in Al as well. Manchester United received their final knockout blow for the season, and the semi-finals for the Champions League are underway, and we're going to chat through all that and more on the podcast today. But first, welcoming, as always, is uh, Al Jensen and Mitch Ball. Always welcome, Al. How are you feeling after, I guess, a rough week? A rough week for your boys, Spurs? Yeah, hi Nick, hi Mitch. How's it going, guys? Uh, literally, uh, yeah, as you said, a rough week. I think, you know, we were pretty lucky to get a point away mm. against high-flying Brentford. I think mm. uh, Ericsson almost stole the limelight and, uh, yeah. He, he was always going to come back a good result, guys, though, to be fair, against, against them. He was, he was. <laughs> he got a good reception. Yeah, from the, the Tottenham fans, which is good, and hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, we see him again. Yeah, well, uh, in the white shirt, Spurs next next year, but we'll see. That's that's something to talk about later. There are rumours going around about that, and even Manchester United. And speaking of United, Mitch, welcome <laughs> to the podcast once again. How are you? Yeah, good, good. It's United are an interesting topic. I'd rather just avoid them, but. I'm still just trying to adjust to seeing a touchline without Sean Dyche on it. Um, I'm not quite used to it. It's a bit weird to look at. But Burnley seemed to just keep rolling on it. It might have been the inspiration they needed, which is weird because I would have thought Dyche would be a great manager to play under, but looks like it's all about me. Yes. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> Very clever by you, Mitch. No, yeah, yeah it's, um, that was a bit of a shock seeing me... Um, do the whole manager slash captain role for Burnley. And I mean, he's, he's got a pretty good record to start off with. So I uh, can't fault that. And uh, speaking about the relegation battle, boys, uh, Burnley are out of the relegation zone. They have played an extra game um, than Everton, but it's just, it's crazy to uh, see Everton in that bottom three. It just, it does not look right at all. But I mean, can we actually say, they're going down. Is, is this is this a realistic thing now for Everton? It's, it's realistic to the degree that they're there, but I still just can't picture it. Mm. As, as much as I've always said that Burnley would escape and they'd get out, now that they're actually out, or not, you know, out even with a game in hand, it's still a bit weird to look at with Everton there. I mean, they're such a big club to go down, it would be huge and You've got to wonder how catastrophic it will be because it's a lot to recover from. They're, they're used to these massive payments they get for being in the EPL. They're used to being able to have players on ridiculous wages that just won't be able to stand up in the championship. You can't afford to pay players, you know, 400000 per week. You just can't. It, you can't do that and survive. So, you know, you've got to wonder how many players are going to walk as soon as that happens, how many players have clauses in their contract, if they even thought about putting a clause like that in their contract because at Everton you probably wouldn't. If you're at a Burnley or a Watford, it's probably the first thing you ask for. Mm. But it's just going to be the on the flow on effect. If they do go down, will be huge. And you know, could it be this year Championship next next year League One? It just it could be real a nasty drop because they're not used to it, and their managers aren't used to it. Their board aren't used to it. It's a different 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 ball game once you go down to the Championship. Mm. Whereas you know, you look at Burnley if they go down, well, you could almost back that it can be the exact same squad that'll turn up and keep playing. So it's going to be interesting if it does happen. I've had Everton fans say to me that if they go down, they don't see them coming back up straight away. Like you said, the ramifications of going down to the championship will be big. They've got players on big wages that I think they'll have to force to sell, uh, like Richarlison and Pickford. Those type of players wouldn't want to play in the Champions League. So you're, you're, you're spot on by saying, you know, it's, it's, going to be a completely different ball game down there. Would you agree, Al? Yeah, well, I think it would be. I still don't think they'll go down. Uh, i still got a feeling Bernie. Got home. Sorry, Mitch. Uh, you know, they got a, got a couple of tough, they got a tough run in as well. Um, and with that game in hand, 
you know, Everton could probably bounce. We'll, we'll obviously we'll see. Mm. But will they? I mean, they were talking about. I thought they were talking about um, splashing some cash on a new stadium or at least upgrading Goodison Park. Uh, so that you know, yeah, that's no, yeah I think the works are underway for that new stadium. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so that's you know that's going to be a big dent dent. Mm. Mm. And the funds for next year if they do go down, but I still think they'll stay up just just by you know mm. the skin of their teeth. Uh, yeah, I think you have to take into account though the form, like it's the form for me. Burnley are actually winning, and you can see them causing an upset. I don't think we can really see that from uh, Everton with the way they're playing. And that was another topic actually from that uh, Merseyside derby on the weekend weekend against Liverpool. Uh, they went into that game with tactics just to waste time. Understandable, I guess, but uh, to see them, you know, Pickford and uh, Richarlison and uh, Anthony Gordon diving and rolling around and time-wasting from the very first whistle. I'm interested to know your thoughts on that, boys. And uh, is that what we really want to see? Was that really acceptable? Was it needed? Isn't there another way around, you know, um, frustrating Liverpool, but yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I think I think we've we've spoken about it before, but the golfing class is just is is there for all to see. Um, mm. And they talk talk about anti football. Mm. Uh, I think they needed to do a job. They need they're scrapping for their lives. So you know what they did for what was it 66 minutes before that first goal? Yeah, was pretty good. Um, they also had a stonewall penalty. <laughs> that was a penalty that should have been right? Gordon yeah um, okay, if it wasn't Anfield they would have got it well 100% it was good yeah, to see, but the other, you know they would, they would have definitely got that that penalty um, yeah. and then you're talking one all mm. yeah you you um, agree with that Mitch as well don't you? you you thought it was a penalty not even a question <laughs> imagine if that was Salah honestly like any other player, I don't, I don't even have to go down a Liverpool route, but imagine if it was any other player, that is, it's a pen every day of the week. And for that not to be given against Liverpool out of all clubs, yeah, of course there's going to be massive questions about it. Of course Everton are going to chase it. And, you know, that does change the dynamics of the game because Liverpool know they can't lose. They were getting frustrated. Like, the tactics of Everton, you can say, yeah, it's time-wasting. Yeah, it's not football. But guess what? It clearly got under Liverpool's skin because they could not produce goals. And you say it's anti-football. Well... Have you ever watched Manchester City play? They play against 11 players behind the ball yeah. every time. <laughs> you know, the, the, what you just copped on the weekend is what uh, City play every single week. And it's actually, it's almost a, you know, no one likes it, but it's a sign of respect. They know they can't break you down. They know they can't beat you. So guess what? We're going to put 11 players behind the ball. We're going to delay every chance we get. And if you can make the most out of the one opportunity you can create, good on you. Well, and that's that's what good teams face yeah yeah it, it, it's not the it's not the low block or parking the bus that's you know really an issue for me it's more just you know the the whole fluffing around pickford catching a ball and then rolling on the floor for to waste another 10 seconds that's but we, so so nick you're going to tell me that you're up 2-1 <laughs> on the last game of the year city at two all are you going to start? Are you, are you going to cry, cry at Allison if Allison holds the ball for ten seconds in the box? Are you going to cry if Robbo decides to throw the ball to Van Dyke to take a throw in to waste another ten seconds? Is this what you're telling me? You're going to be, you're going to be yeah. upset when they do that. There are other ways to make it more. Um, I guess <laughs> is that a yes or a no? I missed that. Sorry, yes or a no? No, I'll, I'll, not not in that not in that case. I don't think I'd, I'd just if it was Allison or I mean if what I'd like to see from my keeper is maybe just put the ball on the floor. And wait for someone to run at you before you know distributing. But I don't know. There for me, I, I don't like seeing it. And as for Anthony Gordon, I think that's just the case of um, a classic case of the boy who cried wolf because he spent all first half flying around. He got a yellow card for diving, and then when it was an actual penalty or an actual shout, of course the, the referee is going to be like, "Oh well, why would I trust you?" So uh, I think. But why wouldn't you throw? It? How does VAR not get involved? Yeah, that's you've earned the nickname Liv Varpool, and now you've just earned it again because that is a, like yeah. it's, it's pretty clear and obvious. Even if you're a referee, right? Even if you have you know he's been diving all game. Guess what? You go you go to VAR and you go, is it a penalty or is it a yellow card? Yeah, and am I sending him off? Because if you actually think it's that bad, it's it's got to be one or the other. It's in the box. So if he's been diving all game and he's just done it again, great. 
say, great, if you want to challenge, if you want to challenge this, so to speak, you're in the end, you hop a yellow card and you're off for the rest of the game and you, you know, your second yellow, that's gone. Or you get to stay on and you get a pen. Mm. The referee, that's the decision he had to do. If he does that, no one complains because Everton fans know that, okay, cool, he dived, he's off. That's that's the, you know, punishment. And for Liverpool fans, they've just been told, well, we can actually give away penalties inside the box and get away with it. Because Van Dyke will do it next week too. Well, yeah. Well, it'll, it'll happen again. Speaking, speaking of Van Dyke, uh, what about last year at Goodison Park when uh, Pickford went for the double-footed uh, challenge on Van Dyke's knee, caused him to have an ACL injury, and that wasn't given a penalty? Jeez, you love a bit of history. That wasn't, Jeez, that wasn't a given a penalty. That wasn't uh, overlooked by VAR. And I think as well, um, later in that game, in the dying, in the dying minutes, um, Liverpool had a, a goal, had a winner ruled off for VAR. But offside, which was very harsh. So I think it's just a case of swings and roundabouts, to be honest. It happens. It, it is swing, You're right. It's swings and roundabouts. We're talking about this game in particular, right? And yeah. it was a stonewall penalty. But it, oh, it wasn't. Oh. It, it didn't. It doesn't mean it, it. 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 You still won the game. You won the game two 0 and there wasn't a penalty. So we're kind of. Mm. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It, it look. It was. It was a penalty. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, it would be given probably the whole case that it was at Anfield and stuff like that. Yeah, it probably does make a, a good case. But, yeah, I think my point was is that I think people are making a bigger deal about it because it's probably because it's Liverpool. But I don't know. Each to their own. Well, I think it was Lampard as well. Lampard said something at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and he it looks like he's going to get in trouble for it. I think he said if it was him or if he, oh, what did he say? I wish Chelsea players. It was something regarding his career and penalties and something like that. It was good. I can't remember what exactly. Oh, now I need to know. Yeah, you'll have to find out, Mitch. Yeah. So, Mitch, for you, I mean, Al's already said that he reckons uh, Everton will scrap their way through and stay up. What's what's your final verdict? Do you think Everton are going down or uh, you think it'll be Burnley? I think Burnley, the points they dropped against Norwich will be what cost them. Yeah. Because if they won that, or if they even took points out of that game, they lost that game, I think it was 1 0. Three points there, that puts them at what, 34 points? 35 points got you safe last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to cost them in the end. That'll come back to bite them. I think yeah, Everton beating United was something that, as I mentioned last week, cost uh, will cost Burnley as well. Because that would have been three points for them. So. I think those two results, that's a six-point, literally a six-point swing um, against them. And I think that'll be enough to really cost them when it gets towards the end of the season because a team like Everton, we barely know how to fight and get out of, you know, once their backs against a, a, you know, once their backs are in a corner, they win. And that's what they do. But I just think a club like Everton can't afford to go down. Yeah. And I think that that'll be enough to get them back over the line. I think Burnley can almost accept it and they know they can build back and get back in. So I think for them, they'll sit back and go, well, Worst case scenario, we can go back and bounce. Everton, I don't think that. I don't think that, I know they can't afford to go down. So I just think that'll become too much towards the end of the year, and the pressure will get to the Burnley in the way that they'll just drop their heads a bit too much. I think, and I, I think, yeah, unfortunately, I'm happy to admit that Burnley will probably go down now. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Um, and speaking of teams that know how to fight their way back into the Premier League, Fulham are on the up once again. They um. Yeah, they're becoming the masters of that. They're becoming one of those yo-yo clubs that just keep bouncing back. They know how to dominate the championship. The question is now, though, you know, once they do come back up, can they stay there? And, um, I mean, they've got plenty of quality. They've got plenty of money behind the club. Al, do you reckon they're capable of, you know, coming up and, uh, I guess, becoming a more of a, a solid Premier League team? Oh, I hope so. I really like Fulham. You know, they are a Premier League team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, as, as long as they get, they've got some backing, they get a bit of money, get some players in the transfer market. I mean, they're obvi- they potentially be losing one of their best players to Liverpool, right? Uh, yes, Fabio Carvalho. Fabio Carvalho, uh, the Portuguese whiz kid, Portuguese slash English whiz kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see. But it's great mm-hmm. to see them up, up there. Mitrovic could stay at Fulham. I think he should do. I don't think he'll go anywhere else. But he scored, what, 41 goals a season already? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 41 in 41 games. 
Not a bad minutes, strike, right? With 87 points now, Fulham. So they're, they're eight points ahead of anyone else. Mm. You know, Bournemouth in second. Mm. Second place. So, yeah, be great to see them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's um, yeah. I think I think Mitrovic as well has a fair bit to prove in the top flight as well. well. The last couple of times he's been in the competition, he hasn't really uh, set the world on fire. So I, I really I can't see um, any big clubs at least throwing big money at Fulham to get Mitrovic over. Um, he's still got a job to do next season, I think. Um, guys, top four race. It's heating up now. Uh, Arsenal capitalised with wins against Chelsea and United. They capitalised on Spurs slipping up to Brighton and Brentford. Al, you touched on uh, Tottenham's uh, performances a bit before. But um, I guess it, it really is coming down to that North London derby now in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Um, and, you, yeah, you'd suspect the winner of that will be in the driver's seat for the... Uh, for the running, would you agree? Yeah, I have to have to say. I mean, what they're two point Arsenal two points ahead now. Yeah, we, we Tottenham have got a better goal difference, six goals now. I think it is. But yeah, they've been they've been found out really Tottenham mm. uh, in the last two games. You know, we got the the front three. They're going on about it. You know, we scored the most goals in this year, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Uh, but they haven't, they haven't had a shot on target for two games. Oh, so, I mean, that's crazy. That crazy. is crazy. When you've got Kane, Sam, yeah. Kulisewski, you know, Kulisewski playing. It's, it's, yeah, they've been found out. Uh, we talk about anti-football, but, mm. you know, the Brighton game, that was anti-football. Uh, I mean, it was one of the worst games I've actually ever seen. Uh, but you know they did a job on us and they they got the winner in the end Um, yeah and then the game game against Brentford nil-nil is a good good result really kept us in it I Mm. think and uh, as you said the the North London derby in a couple of weeks we've got to play Liverpool first which is going to be obviously going to be tough I know you're worried about it Nick Um, I am I wouldn't worry about it (laughs) Um, I I suppose you play that high line it's you've got a, sun running in between. You've got it, you know. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bit of an open game, more of an open game than the Brighton and you know, Brentford games that we've had. So, yeah, there'll be chances, there'll be goals. Yeah, I think I, I think that's when obviously Tottenham are playing at their best is when they've got space for their attackers. Um, when they counter attacking, they're dangerous because they're fast on the break. They've got deadly finishes, but it's when they're controlling the ball and you know trying to find a way through, that's probably their weakness at this point. So I think you guys will, yeah, I think you guys will find a way or we'll make it difficult for Liverpool. I think you'll make it difficult for Arsenal as well. Um, it's far from over, but it, it's almost like, I mean, before Arsenal won those two games, Mitchell's almost like uh, no one really wanted to <laughs> finish in the top four at one point. Uh, no one was capitalising on each other. I still think it could end up like that. I just mm. I don't trust any of those teams in those positions mm. to actually close this game, to close it out. Like United, I think, could just about... United are just as likely to fall completely out of any of the European spots yeah. as they are to finish to somehow find form and finish in the top four because Arsenal, we all know, love to drop points whenever they can. Tottenham could absolutely turn on and beat Liverpool but then lose their next three. Like... Mm. It, it, none of these teams are consistent. None of these teams you can look at and go, I put my house on this fixture because you just can't back them. You can't trust them. You don't know which players are going to turn up on game day. Yeah. I, and that's the reality of this top, you know, top four, the big six teams these days is half of them you can't trust. Unless it's City or Liverpool, you don't look at them and go, well, you know, how are they going to lose? Yeah. You go, okay, cool. Is this which, which United team's turning up today? Which Tottenham team's turning up? Which Arsenal team? Because they're not consistent. You can't back any of them. So, you know, as much as we'd like to say, yeah, it's concrete, I honestly don't know who's going to turn up. I can't see West Ham fixing that gap up to get close enough. But, you know what, nothing would actually shock me if United went on an absolute roll between now and then. Yeah. And we had one games. It also wouldn't shock me if they dropped every point possible. Yeah. And you know, I think I think it's Arsenal's to lose that top four spot. I just think the form they're in, obviously they've got that two-point gap. But 
they seem to be really clicking at the moment and picking mm. up points when they need to. So, mm. you know, it could come down to that North London derby, but also Arteta can afford to draw that. Yeah. Play being a bit of negative football, get a goal and then sit back. So it'll well, be interesting. It's, well, it's going to be close. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Spurs have got to win pretty. They're saying, Kane was saying, got to win five five games. We have to win all all five and it's going to be tough, but people, they're, they're going to drop points. I mean, I, I'm going to say this. I don't think that top four shouldn't be Champions League. I really don't think it should be anymore. I mean, it's just, no. they don't deserve it. No one deserves to lose. If you've lost, which if both, all three teams, if we're still keeping United in the race, which I don't think they are. Um, sorry, Mitch. Uh, but they've fallen down, you know. Yeah. You know, if you're losing more than 11 games in a season, it's just crazy. You shouldn't be in the oh. Champions League at all. That's not Champions League, is it? And you look at the gap between them, like City and Liverpool have lost three and two games respectively. Yeah. yeah, and those games were shocks. They weren't like, oh, you expect that. They were shocks, shock losses. Mm, yeah. Like, it's just that's what you expect. Even Chelsea, with the form that they've dipped off into, you go, oh, are they really that good? Are they that clinical? Mm. But then you look at this morning's game and you go, shit, City are every bit of a good team. Are you telling me that any of those other Arsenal's, Tottenham, United could turn up and put any pressure on Real Madrid? Please, not a chance. It's supposed to be the best teams in Europe, and it's. You know, the group stages, we see straight away which teams are pretenders. And, you know, more often than not, it's those teams that finish third or fourth. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. They'd almost just be making up the numbers. But then again, like, I mean, Chelsea a couple of seasons ago probably just scraped into um, the Champions League. And then the next season they, they topped up their, you know, their list and then they won the Champions League that season. So... I don't know. Oh, and look, all of those clubs are capable of topping up massively. Like, yeah. you know, we all know that United are probably going to go and spend big bucks. Mm. So, but let's just wait and see. I just, yeah, I, I, that top four race, as much as it, I don't think it's that interesting, but it's going to be just interesting to see who finishes where, but I'm not going to really pay much attention to it. Yeah. It's just sort of like they'll fall into place. They won't, no one's going to, I don't think anyone's going to earn it, so to speak. It'll just be the other teams will drop points. Well, I mean, surely United's chances are done now. Surely that that was a rough week for them. Um, considering, uh, yeah, obviously a very sad situation that happened with Ronaldo and his family. But um, yeah, the momentum in that team has been yeah ripped out, getting smashed by Liverpool, then getting um, yeah smashed by Arsenal. Two tough defeats to take, and I think it's um it's now five seasons in a row where United will have failed to hit um, 70 points in a season, which is just so yeah. unlike Manchester United. So, I mean... You, they came, they came second last year, didn't they? Pardon? They got second last year, so they've dropped dropped off yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, they've uh, dropped yeah. off massively. But you even look at it, it's, it's a, Scott McTominay's quest, uh, remarks in his post-match interview were fantastic. He actually said, you know, this dressing room's got to go home and look at themselves. And he's right. They do. But you've just, you know that there's a new manager coming in now. It's official. He's, he's in. Wouldn't that make you play to actually earn your jersey? Because if you're a, if you're a midfielder, put it this way, he actually, uh, um, Hagen coached Donny van der Beek. So you know that Donny's likely to come back into this squad. Mm. So if you're Fernandez, if you're, I won't say Pogba because we know he's just going to leave anyway, but Fred, your McTominay's, aren't you working your backside off to prove that you're worthy to stay in this squad? Because Donny's coming back in, whether you like it or not, because Hag obviously likes him. He knows what he does. So he'll, he'll trust him because he knows how he plays. Yeah. And, you know, surely you'd work to earn your spot, to put your hand up and go, look, I know I've had an average year, but I, I am prepared to work for you. This is what I can do. And show up in these last, you know, five, six games. But they won't. They'll just roll over and keep conceding goals and really just hurt, them, hurt themselves more than they're hurting anybody else. I think we were talking about it as well, but the, the weekend match against uh, Arsenal had had a penalty. That's when I, I stopped watching. When Fernandez stepped up, We've chatted about this before, but when you have Ronaldo on the pitch, why is Bruno Fernandes taking a penalty? Yeah. You know, they had a chance to make it to all. Then you're kind of into, in the game. They missed the missed the, missed the penalty and then that's it. Heads are down. You know, Arsenal go on to, to get a third and that's game over. They could have had that yeah. chance and that was it. I mean, it's just a diabolical decision. Mm. Oh, it's all over. Like, that's, that's what United have been all year. It's yeah. just been... Poor decision after poor decision after poor decision and poor game after poor game. They have, they get one win to show you that we can play football. 
Mm. But then that one wins always come from individual brilliance and nine times out of 10 this year, it's been through Ronaldo. And, you know, when individuals, and it's a sh- shit thing to say, but when they don't stand up, you lose games. Well, I'm sorry, you should be playing as a team anyway. Mm. No top four squad should be relying on an individual having a good game. City don't rely on De Bruyne playing well. Liverpool don't rely on Salah. You know, you can even say Tottenham don't really rely on Harry Kane because they were getting wins when he was you know, poor as well, to a, to a lesser degree. But those better teams, they don't need one player to stand up because everyone does their job. And if one player has a good game, then believe you me, you're going to concede four or five. Like if De Bruyne's on, you're conceding six. If Salah's on, you're conceding four or five. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, those players take them to the next level, but they're still going to win without them. Yeah. United don't have that. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. yeah. Closet City fan coming up. <laughs> just, a, just a football fan, Al. Just a football fan. <laughs> Mate, you love City. No, I, I, love, I love Pep. I love Pep. You bleed blue at the moment, don't you? <laughs> anyway. He secretly wants to do the winter title, right. I can say it. Oh, I just don't. I want any. No, of course, I'll happily say that. I don't want Liverpool winning anything. So, yeah, obviously, I want City winning. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. No, I'll give you that. But you, you, no supporter wants Liverpool winning. I don't know. I, I think, I think it's good. Uh, maybe it's just me because I'm a Liverpool supporter. It's a biased opinion, but I think it's good for the game seeing a team other than City winning it. City, City winning it's like Bayern Munich winning eight titles in a row, and Celtic winning eight titles, and Juventus winning eight titles. What do you want to see a change? So are you the Rangers? Liverpool won. Are you the Rangers or Dortmund or who are you? Like it's. Well, I'm no one. I'm. I'm You're not the poor little brother. You're not the poor little brother. Uh, Well, I I don't see. I don't see really any team catching City in the next. You know. Well, they've got the money to dominate for the next decade or however long they have these owners, which I think is going to be for a very long time. So I think wherever there's a chance where someone else can win the title, I think it's good for the league. Why not? Um, yeah. But maybe. Well, look, I think obviously you're talking about the domination coming through the signing of Haaland. But well, yeah. I think he's the he's the only signing that I can think of at this very second that he's actually at the – he's not at the top, but he's actually coming to becoming a world-class player. Yeah. You look at when they signed Cancelo, he wasn't world-class. He is, certainly is now. De Bruyne wasn't where he is, certainly is now. They haven't signed anybody at the peak. Like Grealish, you could say, was getting there, but he's, he's not there yet and he certainly hasn't proved it. Grealish. probably the most informed player and the most up-and-coming player they've ever signed. Yeah, but you look at Sancho, you know, all these players from Germany, you, you just don't, you know, they, they haven't been in the, played in the Premier League yet. So it's, it is a bit of a risk as well. You could come in and not score anything. It's got to settle. He probably would. I would love right? to see him come but in and not score anything. Probably not, not in that team for sure. But you know, you just never know. Yeah, mm. it could could be a Lukaku situation. Good size, big body, but can't play in this league. But then again, like when you have the, the city team around you creating that many chances, someone who's just able to finish is going to have a field day. Um, you don't need to be a world beater to be scoring in that city side, like we saw. Um, like Gabriel Jesus, before he started against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, I think he hadn't started a game um, in the Premier League for Manchester City uh, for some crazy amount of time. Um, I can't really recall it. But now he's um, then he, he scores four uh, last game and uh, he, he's played in the Champions League this morning. He did pretty well. I um, can't remember if he scored this morning, but... He's anyone who's in that number nine position at City, I think, is going to dominate. And Haaland's a physical beast uh, to add to that as well. So they, they're already hard enough to stop without, like a, a genuine number nine. So it's scary to think what you know Haaland could become at City. Um, but it, yeah, it's crazy because he hasn't really had that dominant season at Dortmund this year either. So um, I guess he's still worth the cash either way, probably. Yeah, but he's, he's worth a shout because yeah, if you need that score, if you need that top goal scorer, yeah, 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 fair enough. Um, speaking of, uh, I just want to go back to United for one second, uh, Mitch, because I forgot to ask you one question. Um, obviously, you touched on Ten Hag. You know, he's, he's already um, he's already got in touch with a few of the United players individually, spoken about what needs to change and. 
uh, apparently getting their opinion on the situation at United. I want to ask you just quickly, what, what's the first thing on his to-do list when he does enter the doors at Old Trafford? Is a full clean-out needed? And if so, what players would you be chopping off that uh, off that list? A full clean-out is needed, yes. <laughs> but more of the attitudes. Like, it's just... If you're going to keep Ronaldo, then you've got to get him accepting the fact that he'll play off the bench some weeks. You've got to cut his wage down for a start as well. But, like, he's worth having. If we can pick him up cheap, then, yeah, he's worth keeping. But if we can't, he's not worth three, 400K a week because he can't start every match. Mm. So that would be almost the first thing I'd be looking at doing. I'd be sorting out that midfield and buying a CDM. And if that means chucking 150 mil at Declan Rice and not buying anything else, then guess what? Do it. Keep Varane. Put him next to Bailly or Lindelof. Scrap Maguire as captain. Done. Because Maguire's not good enough. He he hasn't been... He, let, him rediscover, let him rediscover his form, but don't make it at the cost of the team because that's what we're doing at the moment. Decide if is going to be your fullback and if he is, start him and give him the confidence. It's it's You're rebuilding a squad. You're not starting... You are starting from scratch. You've got to develop all these players with confidence, cop another bad year, and then actually you know build into it. Because if, if you come in and just try and... If, you, if we buy three or four players again in the, in the off season that don't fit, but are good, like that are just really good players and names, I don't know if that's going to be beneficial. I'd rather see one solid signing that we can actually build around and a, a Declan Rice or a solid CDM is that because that's where, it's, for me, the issue still is. We can chuck whatever mm-hmm. players we want in that midfield, but unless there's someone that actually is going to hold the midfield together, it's useless. You can't play McTominay there by himself. He's not good enough. That's not, that's not his fault. He's just not that player. <laughs> he might become that one day, but he's not there yet. Matic certainly used to be 20 years ago when he was a kid. He's, he's too old to be doing that job in the midfield now. Yeah. But keep him there by all means because Matic and Declan Rice working together, that's a good combo on the training ground for Declan Rice to learn off because Matic is world-class, yeah. Yeah. but not on game day. <laughs> Al, Al, Al's, Al's lost it. Al, no, I, just love it. I, love the fact, I love the fact that we talk about players when you know Declan Rice, yeah. He's going to cost a lot of money. And he's he, going to cost he, a lot of money. But what do you want to go to Man United as well? Without I wouldn't want to go to United, but we're talking without Champions League, without anything, but we're talking about what United need. They need a solid CDM. So yeah. whether it's not Declan Rice, it needs to be someone, but it needs to be a proper CDM that doesn't need time to develop in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. They can actually do the job from the start. Maybe Takura, he might need a new club after Everton go down. He might be a good, good fit at, at United. <laughs> There actually might be a few from Everton, actually. Richarlison. Dele Alli. Dele Alli. Dele Alli and Jesse Lingard can compare clothes yeah. and, you know, start a fashion label together. Yeah. Calvert Lawn. Jesse Lingard. Lingard, do you hear out Skulls, his comment on, you know, about that private conversation with Jesse Lingard? He's good. Jesse Lingard's going to get. He's never going to get any gameplay now after that, saying it's a mess in the dressing room. and Yeah. And not that, I heard about the leaks. Go on, expand on that, Al. What was that about? Well, no, Paul, Paul Scholes just mentioned that he um, he had a private conversation with Jesse Lingard after the after the game at the weekend, and he said it was it, the dressing room is just a is a disaster at the moment; it's a mess. Hmm. Um, but to say that publicly, you know, he got a lot of stick for that, and Scholes has come out and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it." Just you know. Yeah. Words came out of my mouth, sort of thing. I spoke to Jesse afterwards, and he gave me a lot of stick. Um, well, and then he he went to say, "Oh, he's he's been made a scapegoat, Jesse Lingard. I think he should have had more time." And but he's almost digging digging a hole even more, if you like. Yeah. Well, I think Jesse Lingard, he, he should have they should have sold him. He should have gone to West Ham. Don't know. A bit part exchange for Declan Rice, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be funny. Talking about. Our- Comments in the media. I've found Frank Lampard's. Yeah, you did. Brilliant. Here we go. And he's not wrong here. Everything he said is correct. <laughs> so he goes, if it's Mo Salah at the other end, you get a penalty. I've played in the teams in the top half of the league. You get them. So what he's saying is the top teams get favourable decisions because you're in the limelight and you're there. But Chelsea got a lot of favourable decisions as well. I mean, it, it, that's, what, that's what he's saying. He's saying we, we got them. He goes, when friend. I was at Chelsea, we got them. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, He's probably what he's saying is he's seen it happen. He's seen it unfold. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, he's not wrong, but and he's right. The, the, he's not wrong, but the, the tactics as well, I think, worked against him. Maybe if he, 
I'd like to know if that's penalty. We're talking about that one situation. I'm just saying, I'd like to know in a in a parallel universe, it went if Everton weren't flopping around all over in the first half, if that penalty in the second half does get called, that would be interesting to see. I'd like to know that if if they were in red, how quickly it would have been given. <laughs> well, yeah, because they weren't flopping around. Oh, <laughs> uh, look. Like Al said earlier, it hey, is. They, they, they would have missed it anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, you said. Like well, I said, but, uh, it, it is what it is, and yeah, probably could have easily missed it. It's not. It's not a guaranteed. It's not a guaranteed goal. One sec, I've got the doorbell going. Jeez, there's bar for you. Somebody at the door. Hello. <laughs> Uber that's, Eats. That's all the Everton fans just getting in early. Yeah. Um, that's his I love the fact that he's actually gone to the door. <laughs> I know. That pre- that, that, I wonder if that's one press or that's several. <laughs> yeah, it's just one press. Because that was quite yeah. a lot of just... <laughs> yeah. It's Postman Pat and his black and white. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that. Here he is. Um, I was expecting someone and they didn't show up earlier, but, you know, they show up. So, that's well, a mess. Anyway, moving on. Um, where do we pick up the United dressing room? Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll go on to the next topic, probably. Anyway, boys, moving on. Uh, Champions League this morning. It was probably the game of the season, in all honesty. Manchester City 4, Real Madrid 3. An absolute thriller. Um, a good result for City to, I guess, take back to the Bernabeu. But I don't know. Who, whose shoes would you rather be in heading into that second leg of the semi-final? Oh, probably the team ahead. The, well, yeah, the team ahead. There are no, there are no way goals as well, right? So true. Uh, it's, it's they take a one goal lead, they get a nil nil, like they've done at Madrid a couple of weeks ago. Well, ben, they can do it. Benzema, they can nullify that attack. You seem pretty confident this morning, Benzema, which is why I asked you the question. He's like, you know, home fans, um, we need their voice. Yeah, but, but, yeah but, they're going through. I think they'll score. Go- they'll score goals over there. Probably be. Um, you know, a big like, like the Chelsea game. You know, Chelsea Chelsea went in and scored a few goals. Yeah, um, that aggregate score was was pretty high. Uh, yeah, and I think City will do the same thing. They'll score one, or it could be a nil nil. So it's either going to go one way or the other. True. High scoring game or nothing. We'll just nullify that attack. It'll be uh, a boring trap draw, which is probably not going to happen. <laughs> what do you reckon, Mitch? I think it's just scary the fact that, you know, Gundogan didn't play. Sterling came off the bench. Fernandinho came off the bench. And, like, City can just recycle that whole squad. Uh, but, no. He, he loves it. He's frothing it. Frothing at the like, City. Did you just look at it and you go, holy, they're this good? Um, no, but, like, in all honesty, you'd rather be in City's shoes. They're leading 4-3. They've, they've got eight extra goals. So, Pep will enjoy that. I, don't, I dare say he won't tinker too much with that team he took in. Although John Stones playing right back was very interesting, but mm. it seemed to not be that bad because he's sitting and he can do what he wants. But yeah, look, Real Madrid will be good at home, no doubt. Benzema will probably score again because that's seems to be the form he's in. And if he doesn't get that Ballon d'Or, something's wrong. But I just can't see them coming over the top of the City squad because it's same reason. If it was Liverpool, it's, it's City, it's Liverpool. They just they just seem to win games at the moment, and no one else can do anything about it. So yeah, yeah, I think there's too many issues at the back for. For City, yeah. uh, sorry, for Madrid, for Look, them not to be penetrated. There's some issues at the back with Laporte. I mean, they, you know, obviously the hand handball, but he got turned a few times as well. He didn't have a, he had a bit of a shocker. I thought. Yeah, and you can believe that he won't do that again. He'll he'll turn his game around because that's you know he's a class player. Yeah. That's what they all do. If they if they have a bad game one game, you you know that they're going to make up for it the next. So, but obviously, Cancelo uh, will be back in that team as well for the second league because he was suspended with that. Additional yeah, yeah. card that he picked up last game, so he'll come straight back in, and that's the issue solved, really. But yeah, it's just it's oh, going back it's to a lot more attacking game. That time. Yeah, and it goes back to our other uh, our other point we made earlier is that City can score no matter who they've got up front. But you could see the frustration on Pep's face when Mara's missed a sitter. I don't know if you boys saw it, but he Mara's yeah. yeah, he was just furious, and I think that would have given City like a I don't know, a 3-1 lead or a 4-1. He would have put them up 3-0, but he was also mad because he could have squared that ball to Foden. Yeah. So, 
you know, it's, and that's what it comes down to. Like you look at yeah. oh, a pure number nine or well, Foden was running into that position. Foden scored an open header running into the box and just, just outside the six yard area. He's not their striker. So, you know, we say, you know, proper number nine will make a big difference because guess what? Haaland or any striker would be screaming their head off at Mares for not putting that in the box. Mm. Whereas, you know, Foden was upset. You could see he put his hands up. He was getting angry and Pep was obviously just as animated. Yeah. But I think when it's an out-and-out nine, I think you'll see that the wingers, the midfielders, they'll try and find him more often than not. Whereas at the moment, City just, their players back themselves and they look for those spaces. Yeah. I'll reiterate, if if uh, it's a City-Liverpool final, I, I probably won't watch it because I don't, think I, I don't think I can handle it, especially after that semi-final from the FA Cup where we almost gave up a three-goal lead. I don't think I could stomach a Champions League final against them. It'd be too much. But that, that's the way it's, it's almost looking. I don't want to feel too soon. I reckon you win 3-0 three, three tomorrow. 3-0. Three Villarreal. Yeah, I think they, yeah, they've, they've had their run. I mean, we're supposed to be our team. Yeah. They're a bit of a... Serge Aurier. Yeah. <laughs> they're a bit of a yeah Premier League reject side. Um but still, the the way they've been playing, you have to. I mean, they've made it to the semi final. They have to be doing something right. And I don't know. We talk about anti football. I think that will be in full force tomorrow. So who knows? Who knows? Especially against those Spanish teams, they know how to play that. They're they're the masters of the dark arts, as we saw with Atletico and uh, Man City. Yeah. Well, ironically, yeah, so you... um, Villarreal's first. Sorry, I was going to say Villarreal's last win actually came against uh, Everton back in 2005. That was their last win on English soil. They've had three draws and five losses since then. So, yeah, maybe they just like playing in uh, in Merseyside. So, Nick, don't get too confident. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. You can never be confident in a Champions League semi-final. But I don't know. We're, I guess we'll see. We've de- we, we've definitely got the more favourable draw. Uh, that's for sure. I'd rather be in this position than playing Real or Man City at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good watch tomorrow morning and we'll dissect it all next week, I guess. Um, but speaking of Real, boys, champions of Spain, um, they're, they're obviously coming off that um, title-clinching win on the weekend. Barcelona losing um, their seventh game of the season now. Yeah, they've lost seven games under well under Xavi. They've lost seven games. Mm. Uh, so when he started, and that, they've lost three in a row, haven't they, or something like that at home? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, overall competitions, mm. and uh, apparently there's a stat out there with Xavi has lost his seventh game. Um, Zinedine Zidane at Real Madrid had won eight trophies before he lost his seventh game in charge of Real Madrid. So, you know, that's a, yeah. Well, what a big difference that is. Yeah. And I guess we, we spoke about like for the top four, the, the team that finishes fourth in the Premier League, not warranting a spot in the Champions League. What about fourth, third and second in La Liga? Because I mean, I think the way they're going, they're going to finish. Well, I don't think any of those three teams will finish with 70 points for the season. So they're a lot more worse off than... And they, uh, I don't feel like Barcelona really deserve another Champions League spot, but still they're second on the table. So I'll probably get it. I'll probably get it. We say they won't get to 70, but they've also had, you know, the losses in comparison. That's not been their issue. They've been drawing more games than they've been losing. Mm. So you like, look at it and you go, Atletico have drawn... I've lost eight games in total mm. thus far. You know, but they've drawn seven. You know, Sevilla have drawn 12. So it's almost like they're happier to take a draw. They won't, you know, it's a different type, type of football over there. They'll almost sit back and just cop the draw and, and move on. Whereas I know in England, they seem to go for the win or maybe it's the qualities of players going forward. They just find those goals that they're not finding in Spain at the moment. But yeah. you've got to assume that Bath will be back better next year and it won't be the same, you know, thing. And that's the thing. Like we can say, yeah, Xavi's record is poor in comparison to Zidane, but some of the teams that he's been taking over, they're you know, different different levels. Of course, but better teams, definitely. Better squad. Uh, but it's just interesting to hear, you know, seven oh. games is a lot to lose for a, for a Barcelona mm. club. Mm. Especially the, that stature. 
And that's still with a turnaround that I think I think Xavi's still, you know, turned the situation around. But I think they're still playing yeah. better football than what they were before he got there. So I'm sure they'll still be happy with him to stick around and, you know, complete this sort of revival of the club. But boys, moving back to England, player of the week. My favourite part of the show. And there, there wasn't too many candidates this week, except for maybe one. But anyway, I'll, I'll go around the grounds and ask you boys who you selected this week. Mitch, you go first. Oh, I didn't want to go first. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Al, you're, you can handball it off to Al. No, no, no. I want to go first. I want to go first. I want this. I want this. Jesus, he scored four. End, end of story. He's just... He's had that bit of form. He's been scoring goals. He scored again this morning as well in the Champions League, even though it doesn't count. Yeah. But four goals, even if it is against a Watford squad, it's still four. And it's, it's impressive and enough for Player of the Week. You just snatched the Player of the Week. <laughs> I shouldn't have let you go first. Yeah, I did. I completely did. <laughs> but no one really compares against the, yeah, a four-goal effort. Um, I guess if we used your logic, though, Mitch, I mean, who, who was he playing Watford? So I don't think it really counts, does it? No, my logic would go against me in that situation. But if he was a Liverpool player, <laughs> it would count. So I'd also like that to yeah, yeah, that makes that on the record. That makes total sense. <laughs> Al, what about you? Otherwise, it's just there's no one. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one this week. We're playing for second this week, I think. I was, of course, I am. Um, but I'm actually going to go for Christian Eriksen. I know it was a nil-nil yeah. draw. But he, he was wonderful. Playing, playing against his obviously a Tottenham legend, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming after after that uh, incident at the uh, the Euros, mm-hmm. uh, playing against. I mean, he said he was nervous playing against the old club. Been there for seven years. Yeah, um, and he ran the show. He almost scored as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go for him. Yeah, what a player! What a man! Yeah, he, he has had a couple of good weeks as well. Didn't he? Uh... You got a good assist for them as well last week against Watford or something like that. Um, yeah, he's been he's been he's turned it around for Brentford. I mean, yeah. they, they've what they played six games, won five of them. Yeah, <laughs> something stupid like that. Yeah, like, when, when he's playing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, player. My player of the week again. There's not much to pick from. Christian Pulisic is worth a shout, 90th minute winner. No, not really. <laughs> but that's, that's it's not. <laughs> he, he came up for being a Two corrupt teams as well. I guess Vidra deserves a shout for his winner for Burnley against Wolves, but I, I can't go past Divock Origi coming off the bench to score against Everton again, like he always does. He loves to do it. <laughs> You're already up 1 0. It had no impact on the game. I'm, Oh, except if the you know penalty was given. It did seal the deal, I think, for Liverpool. It was just the relief. For the it, yeah, it was a sealer, and like I said, that, that's probably the last goal he'll score for Liverpool, and it's fitting that it's come against Everton. And I think every time he does play Everton, he does seem to score at least one. So he loves it, and you know what? I'm going to give him the two votes as well because uh, <laughs> no reason he, he gets the two, Ericsson gets the one, and unfortunately, Gabriel. Jesus has to get the three. <laughs> Such a biased, biased decision. <laughs> well, I mean, at least he, well, he scored. Ericsson didn't. That's, that's very a, true. It's, very a, true. It's, a, it's a fair. He scored the winner. Yeah, that, that's that's it. I have to go by the stats, and the stats are back in our Origi's the Origi at the moment. So, um, plenty of football to come this week. Again. Oh, the, the the title race is heating up. And I think this is going to be an interesting weekend because Liverpool and City both have, um, obviously, their Champions League games during the week. City played a pretty high-intensity high game this morning against Real Madrid, and then they have to go back on the weekend to play Leeds at Allen Road. I don't think that's going to be straightforward. And same with Liverpool, who have to go to Newcastle, um, who have won their last, like, six games at home or something like that. So... I'm expecting a couple of twists in the title race, but boys, what are the games you're looking forward to this weekend? I think you hit the nail on the head, that Newcastle-Liverpool game, to be honest. Mm. I will actually be watching that. I think 
the form that Newcastle are in, if anyone's going to take points away and, and both City and Liverpool obviously play them in their runs home as well, you know, I think they're a team that could actually, form-wise anyway, take points away because they're not scared of anybody. They're playing reasonable, reasonable football and they're getting results. But then you look at Eddie Howe's uh, track record against both uh, Jurgen Klopp and Pep and it's not pretty. It's very, very red and a lot of losses and a lot of goals conceded, but this is a very different team, this Newcastle outfit than his Bournemouth one. But yeah, I think that Newcastle-Liverpool game on Saturday night at a very friendly time of night will be yeah. the game of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And Newcastle as well, I've, I think they've won the second most amount of points in 2022 behind only Liverpool too. So They have, true. Um, it, it's not going to be an easy game. Um, for sure. And it's a short turnaround for Liverpool as well. I think Klopp complained about it because um, obviously they play Champions League Thursday morning our time and then the 9.30 fixture on Saturday um, to travel to... Klopp would never complain. That can't be accurate. He I know, I know, but he did, unfortunately. So it's very un- uh, uncharacteristic of him, is it? isn't it? <laughs> It is. It's a shock. We almost have to get a date and write this down as a first. Well, he's got a fair point. Come on. He's got a fair point. What's that, like 48 hours or just over 48 hours? <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is. Al, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Well, yeah, apart from that game, Newcastle-Liverpool potentially dropped some points there. Leeds United as well, away Man City, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so that that's a bit of a tough one. Mm-hmm. Especially with Leeds United still fighting for just to, to stay up. Yeah, uh, I was going to say also you've got West Ham versus Arsenal, West Wet Spam versus the Gooners, the Scum. But you know they they're coming off the Europa, so I can't see you know them doing any favours for us. Yeah, yeah, I think their their attention has fully turned to Europa now. West Ham is pretty evident. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and Tottenham Leicester obviously going to go for that as well. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to win that one. Yeah, and that's which I think we will. Another friendly uh, time slot, eleven PM at the same time of Everton Chelsea, which I think is another big game too. To be honest, Frank Lampard up yes. with his old boys fighting for relegation, and I mean they probably won't get the win, but definitely worth watching. I think. I think they'll win that. I think. Oh. Uh, Rudiger looks like he's, he's off, so I think Everton might get maybe get a point or maybe get get a you know scrap a scrap a one nil uh, victory there. Mm. They haven't got a good set that Rudiger missing Rudiger is going to be it's, it's going to be a bit bit of a uh, bit of a challenge for them. Maybe they'll get and a penalty this week. Playing with Goodison. Let's see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, until then, boys, uh, it was great chatting to you, as always. Um, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And as I've said, there's plenty of big games coming up. Looking forward to it and looking forward to dissecting them all again with you next week. But until then, enjoy the football and chat later.